Thanks for tuning in to the Tom Nicola podcast, the audio version of my written articles. Before we delve into today's article, I want to mention a couple of things I offer outside of my articles themselves. First, the Nicola newsletter. Each Thursday, I send out the Nicola newsletter, which includes two of my own articles and a number of other published pieces I've discovered the previous week. My subscribers love the variety of content, which, for the most part, centers on faith, fitness, and fortitude in this increasingly crazy world. Of course, the Nicola newsletter is free. Just go to tomnicola.com slash subscribe. Second, I have to mention my online fitness program, Vigor Training. As a member, you get access to a variety of my personally designed strength and conditioning programs, a weekly curriculum of lifestyle and nutrition education, and an exclusive community forum and twice monthly video calls, all for only 29 bucks a month. At least that's what the nominal monthly rate is at the time of this recording. To learn more or join us, go to tomnicola.com slash vigor. That's V-I-G-O-R. All right, on to the article. Science fiction and COVID. They're lying to you for their own good. Facts only matter to Democrats if they support their agendas. In the absence of facts, they create emotionally charged, divisive, us-versus-them fictional tales. One such tale is the one about COVID, where the good guys are the vaccinated and the bad guys are the unvaccinated. In this fictional tale, the Democrats sell the idea that a new type of vaccine is essential for survival, but it only works if everyone gets it. Those who don't get it become a threat to society with the potential to kill anyone who breathes in just a little of the same air. With enough propaganda, many of the vaccinated learn to look down upon the sorry souls of the unvaxxed, the way Hillary Clinton looks down upon Trump voters. Even with the giants of mainstream media and social media pushing the propaganda, many people see through it. They ask good questions, which only serves to enrage the propaganda teams. They respond by slandering the person asking, or even canceling them out in any way possible. The two key questions anyone with a shred of critical thinking skills should ask are... If the vaccines work so well, why should the vaccinated fear the unvaccinated? If the vaccines don't work, why wouldn't the vaccinated fear the vaccine pushers more than unvaccinated people? Be careful, though. Once you ask such questions, you'll be forced to question everything you've been sold since the beginning of 2020. I've covered a number of other issues related to COVID these past couple of years. So once you get through this blog post, I recommend reading or listening to What If We've All Been Primed, episode 79. Unmasked, unmuzzled, unvaccinated, unafraid, episode 83. Masks and face coverings, who's considering the collateral damage, episode 94. MRNA COVID-19 Vaccines, Advantages, Risks, and Unanswered Questions, Episode 114, and Mask Masking Facts in the Masquerade, Episode 151. Today's focus is on vaccination. 
When you look at the scientific evidence and research data, you see the following. Vaccinated people spread COVID as much as the unvaccinated and may carry a greater viral load, which could make transmission easier. Vaccinated people still get COVID, along with a myriad of other health problems, including vaccine-induced prothrombotic immune thrombocytopenia, VIPIT, myocarditis, arrhythmia, and a bunch of other health problems. Immunity from the vaccines wears off long before natural immunity from COVID recovery does. There is zero, zero, long-term safety data from these vaccines, something that will take more than a decade to discover. There's no logical reason to vaccinate young adults, children, or those who've recovered from COVID and carry antibodies. The science is clear. The vaccines don't work like we were told they would. Not that they were really vaccines, anyway. Not a traditional vaccine. Whenever I have a one-on-one conversation about the COVID vaccines, I try to make sure everyone in the conversation understands that they're not traditional vaccines. Without that understanding, it's easier to convince people that they're safe. After all, we've been vaccinating for polio, measles, and more for decades. If that's what they think of when they think of COVID vaccines, they won't understand why this entire vaccination process is, in the words of Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine, a clusterfrack. Of course, he meant the PG-13 version of that word, but since he tweeted it, he kept it to pg Or maybe that would even be considered G. Whatever. Traditional vaccines. Traditional vaccines involve a weakened form of the virus that causes infection. When you inject that weakened virus into the body, the immune system has an easier time of stopping it from infecting the individual. As the immune system attacks it, your body produces IgM antibodies. These are short-term antibodies to fight off more of the virus. Over time, your IgM antibodies decrease and you replace them with IgG antibodies, which creates long-term immunity. After getting through chickenpox, your IgG antibodies prevent you from getting it again. mRNA vaccines. As I outlined in mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, advantages, risks, and unanswered questions, the only similarity between traditional vaccines and this new type of drug is that both are intended to create immunity. It turns out the immunity from the new drug doesn't last that long. Pfizer's vaccine effectiveness falls below 50% after just five months. Given enough time, or once they've got booster shots ready to sell, the other vaccine makers will probably share similar truths. When you're injected with one of these new drugs, the needle doesn't deliver a virus. Instead, it delivers messenger RNA. This messenger is like a set of blueprints. Once in your cells, the mRNA tells them to build something called a spike protein. Though you produce this protein inside your own cells, your body recognizes it as a foreign invader and mounts an immune response. That immune response is supposed to create antibodies just like you'd create if exposed to the virus on your own. There's some problems, though. First, this drug makes your body produce a protein it never would have on its own. To discount this concern of genetic engineering 
is to remain completely ignorant. To ignore the massive number of adverse events and vaccine-related deaths is to remain blind to what could be your demise. Second, this process does not create long-lasting immunity your body would naturally have when exposed to the real thing. The hard fact is this. Natural immunity lasts longer and is more protective against variants than the injections are. You cannot argue with those points without ignoring the truth. And third, research shows that increasing vaccination rates across the population does not reduce the spread of COVID-19. If anything, it increases it, which leads us to another new study. Vaccination across 68 countries and 2,947 U.S. counties. A study just published in the European Journal of Epidemiology looked at vaccination, infection, and hospitalization data across a whopping 68 countries and 2,947 U.S. counties. The title says it all. Increases in COVID-19 are unrelated to levels of vaccination across 68 countries and 2,947 counties in the United States. Based on the carefully chosen words of mainstream media and the Biden regime, you'd assume that as vac vaccination rates rise, COVID-19 infections and deaths decrease. If that wasn't the case, Biden wouldn't be making every effort to jam a needle into the arm of every human being in the United States. Well, at least 97 to 98% of them, so he says. He did make that statement in a recent C-SPAN segment, which I included as a tweet in the written version of this article. Not surprisingly, the science doesn't support the storyline Joe and his team promote. According to the findings of the study, Quote, at the country level, there appears to be no discernible relationship between percentage of population fully vaccinated and new COVID-19 cases in the last seven days. In fact, the trend line suggests a marginally positive association such that countries with the higher percentage of population fully vaccinated have higher COVID-19 cases per 1 million people. At the country level, there is no COVID-related health benefit to getting the rest of the country vaccinated. It's possible that we're worse off by having anyone get vaccinated. To emphasize this point, check out this statement. Quote, Both countries, Iceland and Portugal, have over 75% of their population fully vaccinated and have more COVID-19 cases per 1 million people than countries such as Vietnam and South Africa that have around 10% of their population fully vaccinated. Vietnam and South Africa must not be on Facebook or tuning into press conferences by leaders of the New World Order. I don't think it's an accident that their vaccination rates are so low. Looking just at data from the United States, the researchers explained, there also appears to be no significant signaling of COVID-19 cases decreasing with higher percentages of population fully vaccinated. And they also said, quote, of the top five counties that have the highest percentage of population fully vaccinated, 
99.9 to 84.3%. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, identifies four of them as high transmission counties. Wrapping up their paper, they conclude, quote, In summary, even as efforts should be made to encourage populations to get vaccinated, it should be done so with humility and respect. A little comment from myself here. Even in light of their findings, they still show support for vaccination as they conclude this paper. I find that interesting since what they just discovered shows that maybe vaccination isn't the solution. Okay, back to their uh, conclusion. Stigmatizing populations can do more harm than good. Importantly, other non-pharmacological prevention efforts, e.g. the importance of basic public health hygiene with regards to maintaining safe distance or hand washing, promoting better frequent and cheaper forms of testing, needs to be renewed in order to strike the balance of learning to live with COVID-19 in the same manner we continue to live 100 years later with various seasonal alterations of the 1918 influenza virus. If the vaccines don't work, what does? This might be the first time in history when people believe they can stay protected from a virus. The flu virus is barely less of a threat than SARS-CoV-2, and we never hated our neighbors for not getting vaccinated or covered our faces with masks to slow the spread. Like COVID will be in the future, the flu has been a regular part of our life since 1918. Grown adults need to learn to live with the possibility of an infection as part of life, just like a car accident is a possibility when you drive. Adults who are too scared to function normally should probably stay at home. Natural immunity. God gave us a remarkable defense system against pathogens. While it doesn't always beat what infects us, it works miraculously well. Research shows it works much better than the immunity achieved from a vaccine. Even Science Magazine covered a story on this. And yet, the more than 44 million Americans who've recovered from COVID are supposed to get a vaccine anyway? It's absurd. In reality, the number is much higher as many people who've recovered from COVID never got tested, like my wife and I. Vanessa did get tested for antibodies and is good to go with her IgGs. I probably am as well. What about the other 190 million people who supposedly haven't had COVID yet? Wouldn't they be better off getting the vaccine? I'm not here to give you that answer, and I would hope you wouldn't take the answer from Father Fauci either. You need to do some homework and look at what those who are being censored have to say. As an adult, you should make an informed decision. Regarding kids, though, there's no rational reason in the world to inject them, and there's plenty of unknown risks. They have almost no risk of getting severely sick from COVID. And if you're an adult worried about a kid making you sick, suck it up. Our kids are more important than we are. Not being overweight, inflamed, or deficient in micronutrients. Does COVID cause severe sickness in seemingly healthy people? Yes, in rare circumstances. People without pre-existing conditions get other illnesses and die unexpectedly as well. 
It's part of life. But as a general rule, when you're healthy, you maintain a stronger immune system and can fight off illnesses easier. COVID-19 is a vascular disease that specifically targets vessels in the lungs, but can damage vessels in other areas as well. Systemic inflammation causes blood vessel damage on its own, which is why those with high inflammation levels are at a greater risk of severe cases of COVID. Obesity, high blood pressure, oxidized cholesterol, uncontrolled blood sugar, low vitamin D, and numerous other micronutrient deficiencies contribute to systemic inflammation. So anyone who's truly concerned about succumbing to COVID ought to be focusing on themselves and making sure they're as healthy as possible, rather than expecting the rest of the world to make extra efforts to keep them safe. Seeking treatment early. Sadly, many healthcare workers have sent patients home without any treatment after testing positive for COVID-19, telling them to come back if their symptoms became more severe. That makes as much sense as a burglary victim calling the police, and the police telling them to call back only after someone gets shot. You act on the burglary right away. Unless your city council voted to defund the police, then you might be in trouble. It's the same thing with COVID. If you treat it right away, it greatly reduces the risk the infection will turn into something severe. You can support your immune system by getting enough sleep, eating enough protein, and taking other immune-supporting natural products. Ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, and other drug treatments are well-proven to help you beat COVID, though the U.S. media seems hell-bent on hiding this fact from Americans. How do you find the facts in this science fiction movie we're living in? You might wonder why I don't obediently follow along with the propaganda. Why I don't care what Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Don Lemon, Rachel Maddow, or Sean Hannity have to say about COVID. Because their points of view are based on votes, campaign contributions, other money, and ratings. I don't care what bigwigs at hospital ha hospitals have to say either, as they're getting boatloads of money from the government to ban treatments that work in order to foster the vaccines for everyone narrative. I do care what the science shows, and it isn't what Biden is selling. If you're interested in what the science shows, follow the science, not celebrity politicians. Just as I was wrapping up this blog post, I came across an article which includes some disturbing data from the UK. Quote, COVID-19 vaccinated people have accounted for 81% of COVID-19 deaths this summer, whilst UK government data shows that COVID-19 deaths are over 11 times higher than this time last year. And Office for National Statistics data shows that since teens were first given the COVID-19 vaccine, there has been a 63% increase in deaths among teen boys compared to the same period in 2020. That comes from an article in the expose titled, The UK Has Fallen. 81% of COVID-19 deaths are among the vaccinated. Male teen deaths have risen by 63% since they were offered the jab. COVID-19 deaths are 12 times higher than this time last year. Science is based on data and data produces facts. Those who ignore the facts cannot be using science to justify their recommendations, mandates, 
and demands. Thanks again for listening. If you like this content, please leave a rating on the podcast platform you're using and pass it along to others who'd find it helpful. Keep growing your faith, improving your fitness, and building fortitude.